I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for making us a part of your day and welcome to The Quest. It's always great to spend time together, especially if you're checking us out. If you are checking us out, we always encourage everyone to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church, what we value, what's important to us. It'll also provide you a means to connect with us if that's something that you would like to do. Just know this, we would love that. I also want to remind everyone that all of our talks are available in podcast form, and all you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of, and you'll find us there. I want to encourage you to share those links with your friends because you never know what your friends are going through, and they need God's strength, just like we do. They need encouragement, and they need to know that God loves them. So before we get into the talk today, how about if we pray together? Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all of your blessings in our lives. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for being with us at this moment. In all that we're doing, in all the different locations that people are listening to right now, listening to this talk, Father, you're there with them. You're involved in their lives. You're involved in all of our lives. Father, you lavish us with blessings. Your promises for us cover us. And we're so grateful for that. Help us today to discover that, to open our hearts to receive your promises in our lives. Father, for those that are discouraged, for those that are going through difficulties and hardships at this moment, and they need your strength, I ask that you would step into their circumstances, step into their lives, give them faith, remind them that nothing is greater than you, and you reside with them, and you reside in them. Father, I pray that you would encourage our hearts today. Give us faith to receive all that you have for us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a series entitled Promises, Promises, and I'm sure that you've heard that statement before. The problem is usually it has a negative connotation. For most people, that statement communicates absence, neglect, hurt, emptiness. You see, how we hear that statement generally reflects either people that have let us down or a reminder that we have let people down. We live in a world where promises don't mean much. Being a person of your word is only important when it benefits us. But then when it stops benefiting us, well, the promise is going to go out the window. I'm sure I'm not. Not you guys. You're, you're much different. Promises are not only important, they're essential in building relationships in our lives. Our ability to follow through with the promises that we make, well, it reflects our personal integrity, trustworthiness, our personal strength. The health and strength of our personal lives gets reflected in our ability to keep the promises of our life. And these personal character traits in our lives reveal the depth and the strength that we bring into the relationships of our lives. Because if we can't keep promises, if our integrity is weak, then we become a shallow person. We don't bring a lot of strength into the relationships of our lives because we break those commitments. We break those promises. The same is true with God. The relationship that God has with you, he wants that relationship to be deep and strong, to reflect his depth, to reflect his strength, to reflect his character. God wants the relationship that he has with you to be based on the promises that he's made to you. And those promises are based on his love and his commitment to you. Listen, all that God wants for you and all that God has for you, he provides for you. And that is especially true in the relationship that we have with him. I want to remind you, if you missed last week's talk in this series, to go to our YouTube channel and look Fresno Quest Church 
and, and search that out and you'll find us and, and listen to that because I'm not able to cover some of the things that we set up last week, but I think it's a great talk. So let's define what a promise is so that we're on the same page. And one definition is this, a promise is an offer with a guaranteed result. Don't you love guaranteed results? When you know that somebody makes a promise, it's absolutely gonna happen. There is no out. It's an assurance that someone will do what they say they will do. The question is, do you have assurance, complete confidence that what God says he will do, he actually will do for you? Not that he will do for others. Do you believe that what God says he will do for you, he will actually do for you personally? Another definition is this. A promise is the assurance that God gives to his people so that we can walk by faith while we wait on God to work. God's promises don't just leave us stagnant. They just don't leave us sitting around. There's activity for us to do. In fact, faith requires not just belief, but action. So a promise gives us the ability to continue to walk by faith, to live out this life of faith with Christ while we're waiting on God to do what he said he will do. The Bible contains God's promises to us. The Bible is full of God's promises to us. There are thousands of them. In 2 Peter, it tells us this, that God has given us great and precious promises, and these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Listen, the promises of God are important to us. In fact, they're essential to us. And one of the reasons is this. You can write it on your notes if you'd like. God's promises keep us strong. A lot of times we find ourselves spiritually weak. We feel like quitting. We feel like giving up. We try to dig deep, but the problem with that is we're looking to ourselves. We're relying upon our own strength. Hebrews reminds us of this. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. God always keeps his word. I hope you experience that, that God's promises to you keep you going. God's promises to you are strength for you. Here's something else that we need to understand, and it's this. God's promises for you communicate his love to you. Not just his love for you, but to you. It's a directional love. It's a love that is given to you, which means that God wants to bless you. The reason I think that that is so important is many people do not believe that God wants to bless them. But God's promises for you communicate his love to you. God loves you beyond your wildest dreams. He wants to bless you. These aren't fill-ins on your notes, but I just want to remind you of a couple of points that we made last week. And one of those is this. The promises of God require relationship with God. The blessings of God flow out of relationship with God. We just don't get the promises of God. We don't get the blessings of God just because we want them. We have to be in relationship with him. The promises of God reflect being an heir of God, being in the family of God. Another point was this. God's promises to us generally require something from us. In other words, like we said last week, the equation kind of goes this way. If you do this, God says, then I will do this. The promise is there. He wants to bless us but he requires something from us. God's assurance to us requires obedience from us. So the promise I wanna look at today is God promises to meet your needs. God promises to provide for you. I mean, we all love God's blessings and if you're looking for God's blessings in your life, if you're looking for God to provide for you, 
a general rule that's a good thing to remember, you can write this down, is this. God always blesses what we surrender to him. God doesn't. He can't bless what we keep from him. God always blesses what we give to him. God blesses what we stop holding back from him. If you want God to bless your marriage, then you give God your marriage. If you want God to bless your work, then give your work to God. If you want God to bless your finances, then you surrender your finances to God. See, when we give something to God, we surrender control to God. We give up our plans and our desires that are attached to what we have given to God. And what that does is it makes us a caretaker now of what belongs to God. In other words, my marriage belongs to God. So now I'm a caretaker of my marriage. My work belongs to God. My finances belong to God. Now I'm a caretaker of all that God has given to me. I'm not the owner any longer. God blesses what we give to him. And giving up control leads us to another fill-in. You can write this down. God always blesses our obedience to him. God blesses what we surrender, but God always blesses our obedience to him. So if you're looking for God's blessings, it follows our surrender and our obedience. When we surrender something to God, we do what God tells us to do with what we've given to him, what now belongs to him. So when we're looking at God's provision in our life, when we're looking at these promises that God wants to provide for our lives, the first thing that we tend to look at is money. And listen to what God says about money. It's in Malachi. It says, begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? God says, the tithe and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse. The whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dream. We can either live in God's blessings or in God's curses. And it's all tied to our obedience. If you want God's blessings, then work obedience into your life. Work surrender into your life. Remember, God's blessings flow out of obedience. And I would encourage you in this area of wanting God to provide for you. If you want and need God to bless your finances, which I believe we all do, surrender your finances to God and do what he says with those finances that now belong to him. When we start thinking that God wants to provide for us, when we start believing that God promises to provide for us, as I said, the first thing we tend to think of is money. Because we see money as a means that meets our needs. But I think also when we start thinking about our needs, we start thinking about stuff we need. And Paul addresses this in Philippians. He says this, I've learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. I know how to live in poverty or in prosperity. No matter what the situation, I've learned the secret of how to live when I'm full or when I'm hungry, when I have too much or when I have too little. A couple of thoughts I want to look at as we talk about God meeting our needs. The first one is this. It doesn't mean that we're always going to have an abundance. When God says he promises to meet our needs, it doesn't mean that we're always going to be living in abundance. Paul clearly says in this life there will be times when he was full and times when he was hungry, times when he had a lot and times when he had a little. Let me read it again in verse 12. I know how to live in poverty or prosperity no matter what the situation. I've learned the secret of how to live when I'm full or when I'm hungry, when I have too much or when I have too little. 
And I mentioned that point because if you're expecting an abundance all the time, you're going to be disappointed a lot of the time. Because when you don't have abundance, you're going to think that God has shorted you and it's going to discourage you. Also, when it comes to God meeting our needs, it does mean that you will always have enough. Paul uses the word content, which means the ability to see our current condition as sufficient or enough to be satisfied in life. When we're unsatisfied in life, for many people, it's because our current condition in life is not good enough. We tend to live with a sense of dissatisfaction. In Psalms, David writes that God is fully aware of our days. His eye is on those who love him, and he's aware of the conditions that we live in. And I love that it says this, He cares for them when times are hard. Even in famine, they will have enough. Something you might want to write down is this, having enough is not about the amount we have, but the satisfaction in what we have. We are probably the most blessed people that have ever lived. We have so much, but we also tend to be unsatisfied with all that we have. You know how it plays out. The phone is great until the next newer model comes out, and then you're unsatisfied with what you have because you have to have the latest version of what's come out. It no longer satisfies you. We have this tendency to look to things to satisfy us, when in truth, only God can satisfy our lives. When I say having enough is not about the amount of what we have, but the satisfaction with what we have. I'm not saying that we're supposed to seek out satisfaction in life through the things that we have. I'm saying that most of us look to the things that we have to evaluate the satisfaction of our life. There is a satisfaction that we need in life that God has given to us. A satisfaction in the love that we have received from God, that we experience in God. The relationship that we have with God. Psalms 107 says this, that for He, God, satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul He fills with good things. The truth is we'll never have satisfaction in life without intimacy with the one who's provided for us life. Here's another point you can write down, and that's this. Having enough is not about having what we want, but trusting that God knows what we need. This is a huge one, I think. I think it's one of the greatest contributors to our lack of contentment. It's not realizing or not admitting the difference between our wants and our needs. And here's the difference. Wants are things that we desire that will enhance our life. Needs are things we must have for life. I don't want this to get too messy, but we need to accept the fact that God knows the difference. And we're okay with whatever He provides because He knows what's best for us. The deeper issue for us in this is is this. Do you trust that God knows what you need? Not just for today, but for tomorrow, for next week, for next month. And that He's going to provide for those needs because He knows what you need best. It may not be what you want. It may not be exactly what you're asking for, but God knows what you need. Do you trust Him with that? Jesus said this. He said, Don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These are things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. I don't know if you picked up on that. Remember the equation, if you do this, then God will do this. He says, seek the kingdom of God and live righteously, and God will give you everything that you need. Don't miss that. Your Heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. And He promises to meet that need. 
Put him first in all that you do. Trust him in all the circumstances of your life. Live your life to please him. Live obediently, live righteously, and God will provide. The truth is we will never experience enough in life without a deep-seated trust that God knows the needs of our life. God has given you life and he knows what you need. The life that God gives is not the life that this world offers. So the life that God gives and what he provides is not going to be what this world offers, what this world provides. It's going to be far better. Let that trust remove the anxiety and give you joy in life. Trust, a sense of confidence. One last point, and that's this. Having enough is not about what we're lacking. It's accepting that what God provides is sufficient. I feel like this is a big one too. Does what God provide for you satisfy you? The very nature of God is that he is generous and caring. That like a father provides for his kids, God provides for us. David says in Psalms, he says, the Lord is the provider for my life. Sometimes we tend to act like spoiled kids. God gives us something, but it's not something that we want. So we kind of develop an attitude about it. We're ungrateful. We're not completely happy with what we've been given. God doesn't give bad gifts. He provides the best. We're reminded of his generosity in 2 Corinthians where it says this, that God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I want to encourage you to keep those scriptures close. Keep these scriptures of God's provision close to you. Memorize them. When you're fearful or when you're worried, read them. Pray them back to God. This is not something that we deal with once. We are constantly challenged to trust God in this area. So keep his promises close. Just remember this, we'll never experience enough in life until God is the one who satisfies our life. It's so easy to replace God with things. To start looking to things to satisfy us rather than looking to God. Trusting things rather than trusting God. Things that wear out, things that break down, things that fall apart. God never lets you down and he satisfies the deepest desires of your life the deepest needs in your life. Paul says they learned the secret to being content. And the secret is not a shortcut. And it's not for just a few. It requires a change in our focus. It requires a change in what we're looking to and who we're looking to. And the first secret that Paul gives is this, focus on who you have, not what you have. Focus on the God who is with you, not what you're going through. Focus on who you have, not what you don't have. Philippians 4.13 says that this, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. In the message it says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Focus your life on Christ. Let the focus of your life be on the spirits indwelling in your life. Look to God, not to stuff. Look to God, not the things that are around you, not the conditions that are around you. Because the one who is in you will give you the strength that you need for all that you're going through. Another secret to being content that Paul mentions is this. Focus on the promise, not the problems. We tend to focus on the bad. We become fixated on the problems, not the promises of God's activity. And Paul says this. He says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. What we really need to hear today 
is we can either look to an uncertain future and get fixated on that, or we can get fixated on a God who provides for our future. I would say let's focus on God. Again, the one that is in you will give you the strength for all that is around you, for all that you're going through. We'll never experience enough in life until God is the one who satisfies our life, till we're looking to Him. Remember, God's promises to provide for you exposes His love to you. God wants to bless you. Let me read Jesus' words one more time. Jesus says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? The truth is, absolutely. Whether you realize it or not, God loves you beyond your wildest dreams. God is a father and he wants to provide for you like any father wants to provide for their kids and even more so. Do me a favor if you can, close your eyes. Listen, I want to remind you that blessings flow out of relationship, that the blessings of God belong to those in the family of God and you can be in the family of God just by surrendering your life to Christ. All you have to do is surrender. Remember, God always blesses what we surrender to him. If you want your life to be blessed, surrender it to him. God, I don't want to be in control anymore. I want you to have control. I know this. He's listening right now. He hears your prayer. There's no magic words. There's no magic fairy dust that needs to be sprinkled. You talk to God like you would talk to a friend, and you be honest with him and say, God, I've screwed up. I have messed up. But I want your blessings in my life, and I want to be in relationship with you. And Father, I accept what your son did on the cross for me by paying the penalty for my sin and dying on the cross. Father, I accept the fact that you raised Christ from the dead. And the life that you gave him, you now give to me. If you can say that and believe that and ask God for that, you step right into relationship with God, regardless of how you feel. Because a relationship with God is not about feelings. Feelings will come and go. It's about surrendering. It's about living for a new purpose. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you. First of all, we're so grateful for your love for us and how that love, from that love, you desire to bless us. You desire to take care of all the needs of our lives. Father, you know each one that's praying right now. You know people that are listening and they have a lot of junk in their lives. They've got a lot of past to get past. They've got a lot of stuff to get over. But Father, our mistakes, our failures, our issues are not an issue to you. You are greater and your forgiveness is far superior than our failures and our weaknesses. So Father, for each person that is asking for a relationship with you, that desires a relationship, I ask that right now, at this moment, this divine moment, you would step in, give them a clean slate, forgive their past, and fill them with your presence. Give them a new purpose in life. Fill them with your love. Father, I ask that you would help us to live in this obedience, to surrender ourselves on a daily basis, to walk in obedience with you, that your blessings can rest upon us and that your promises can be fulfilled in our lives. Father, I ask that you would help us to trust you. Help us to trust you with our finances. Help us to trust you with 
the things that you've given to us. Help us not to look to money. Help us not to look to things to bring satisfaction in our lives. But Father, help us to be fixated on you as the provider of our lives, that things will never satisfy us, only you can satisfy us. Thank you, Father, for providing for all the needs of our lives. You know what they are. And today we trust you. We surrender our needs to you for you to satisfy, for you to bless. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I say it every week, almost every week. But listen, this is not about perfection. You're going to succeed and fail. There's going to be good days and bad days. And this is not about your success rate. This is about, hey, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall. I'm going to blow this. I'm going to look to things. And when I do look at things and God brings it to my remembrance, then I'm going to change my focus and start looking to God and realize I don't need things to bring satisfaction in my life. I need God to satisfy my life. So when you blow it, get up and keep walking. Keep trusting God. Every week, I always encourage everyone, get into a small group, get into a connection group, get into relationships with people that will draw you closer to God and that will support your relationship with God. People that will pray with you, encourage you, walk with you. And people that will help you to trust God. When people share their stories of what God is doing in their life, what God has done in their life, it brings strength and encouragement to our lives and it helps us to trust Him. I just want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, you're not in a connection group, get in one. And if you live in the Fresno area, call the Quest Church, call us, email me, whatever it is, we will get you connected to small groups in our area, in our church. It's a step in walking with God. It's a step. God has always called us to community. I just want to encourage you to walk in community with God and with others. Thank you guys for your financial gifts. Thank you that as you learn to practice surrendering your finances to God, that you're giving to God. Remember, God's blessings always follow our obedience. So I just want to encourage you, be obedient to God in this area. I know it's a challenge for many of you, but I also know that it also prevents God's blessings and it hinders God's blessings in your life. And I don't want that. I'm not trying to manipulate and I'm not trying to make you feel bad about whatever it is and however you handle your finances. All I can say is this. In my life, I always give. In my life, I always put God first by giving God first. I want God's blessings in my life, so I give my finances that belong to God back to God. And it removes the fear and it removes the worry because I know that God blesses when I surrender to Him. I would love to see that happen in your life too. If you want to get into a connection group, if you want to give online, if you need prayer for anything that's going on in your life, scan the QR code. That QR code will help connect you to us and it'll allow you Get into a connection group, give online, fill out a prayer request and all the different things that will help you. We would love to pray with you and pray for you. Once again, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We really do value you. We don't take your presence with us today for granted. We're praying God's best for you and believing God's provisions for you. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye.